1: back, church, and uh, we're so excited to be celebrating today with you. Today, we celebrate the house of God, the worship of the one creator God who loves us so much. And uh, it's always good news when we come together, and it's fantastic to be able to come together on one platform today. So, if I don't think we're streaming now to Facebook, so this is it. It's Twitch, and uh, there's some great benefits in using Twitch and uh, having one platform so that we can all be actually communicating. communicating to one another, and it just makes it feel more like family. So keep those comments coming in. Usually we can't do this during church, and we normally keep quiet because it's decorum, but this is something we can do silently. We're chatting away, but encourage one another, and if a word resounds with you or a particular verse, a particular quote, something said, put it on the chat, and it just highlights certain things to people because others might miss it, but if it means something to you and you post it on our chat, it will cause people to draw attention to it. So please do that and really encourage one another. Well, uh, next week is Mother's Day and uh, I want you to all get ready for Mother's Day. And we're wondering if you could help us out and uh, how you can do that is if you could take a a picture of yourself and your mom and uh, send it to us, you could either put it on our Live City Church page or you can email it to info at livecitychurch.com info at livecitychurch.com and we would also love it if you could do something like this so dads you might have to do this otherwise moms it's a bit self serving <laughs> if you do it but dads maybe you could video your kids on your smartphone and just ask them what do you love most about mom and record that and upload it to YouTube or some other source you could put it on Google Drive on your uh, OneDrive and send the link to uh, info at LiveCityChurch.com. And what we'll try to do for next week is compile all those videos of all those beautiful kids of yours saying how much they love their mothers. Could, because we want to celebrate this day with you. And next week we've got Pastor T that will be bringing the Word. And I just love the way that she brings the Word. It's just so gentle and with lots of stories. So get ready for that. It's going to be fun as we honor our moms. Today I want to continue with a pass uh, with a, a, a message that I uh, commenced last week. Multiply in ad, in adversity. Multiply in adversity. You can access all our messages on uh, iTunes or you can go to SoundCloud, go to our uh, Facebook page, or you can go to our livecitychurch.com webpage. You can access our messages, but we also have a YouTube channel now. So if you just go to YouTube and search for Live City Church, you're going to find that there's a couple that pops up. The one with the bigger logo, that's the new one. Click on that, and you'll find just the messages. So if you love the worship, we get up to two weeks' worth streaming. Kept, uh, we keep a copy of that for two weeks on Twitch, and then they start to drop off. So if you, if you miss out on the service in the morning, just make sure you get to watch it in the next two weeks because it will drop off. But the messages, we will keep a catalog of them on video, on YouTube and on our channel and all our messages of course are available on iTunes and SoundCloud. So make sure to grab those things and use it during the week because a lot of times you listen to a message once and you find one aspect and it's fantastic but I find that I'm so much more blessed when I listen to the message again later and I find something new that I didn't that I missed out on before and God always has that word in season for you and it's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do with a word So let's join in together as we continue part two of Multiply in Adversity. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, we're going to read the the main passage, the main scripture that this message is based on. So if you turn with me, please, to Exodus and chapter one. If you're new to the faith, it's the second book at the beginning of the Bible, Exodus chapter one. And we're going to read from verse six. And to make it easier for you, we also have words happening now. So yay! We're every every week. It seems like we're just tweaking one new thing. So uh, we had a lot of challenges last week. So we've been trying to fix these things and get better at what we do. Uh, we believe I'm buying you some time to turn to Exodus chapter one. By the way, so we believe that um, we're going to just continue doing this because the word of God is going to go the world over. This is the best thing about. church churches going online now because now we're no longer limited by geographical restrictions. So our messages are there 24/7 around the world. So praise the Lord for that. And we wouldn't have done it had it not been for the COVID lockdown restrictions. So isn't it amazing that out of difficult circumstances God can bring something good? And really That's what this message is all about. So thank you for tuning in today. Let's read together Exodus chapter 1 and reading from verse 6. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. Verse 8, then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Verse 10, come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, will join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. And I want you to zone in on the next verse. This is the one I need you to highlight if you haven't done so already. But the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and spread, so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. Last week, I began to work out the numbers and to try and figure out what did that, that, that looked like. So over a period of 430 years, they started with 70 people in Jacob, who was later renamed Israel. So in Israel's household, there were 70 members, including Joseph and his wife and his two sons. So across 430 years, they grew to approximately 1.2 million people. So in 14 generations, so I got it 10, 4, 14 generations, 1.2 million people. So I have to try and work out the figures. What does it look like? 14 generations, 1.2 million people. That means they grew by an average of 85,714 people every generation. And so that's an average of 238 people per tribe every year for, for 430 years. So I said to my daughters, we were talking about this uh, this week, and I said, you know, girls, you don't have to have just two kids. You don't have to have just three kids like we do. Have lots of kids. You know, let's be like the Bible. I said, Dad, that's impossible. How we could do that? Hey, just just go for just go for ten kids. Just they're sitting over here watching me. Let's just go for ten kids, shall we? You know, we love our, we're going to love our grandchildren. Praise God. Marriage first, grandchildren next, and a quiver full of them. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? Why don't you tell your kids and encourage them to do that? This is great. Hello, Tanya Young. She's come with the kids. Good to see you as well. So I want to continue with the, this, the next few points. So if you are just tuning in today, the first point is that sometimes... God will place us in difficult situations and circumstances. Not someone else, but God will do that. Now, I'm not talking about the moments where you make a stupendously terrible decision and end up paying the price for that. But even then, sometimes, because the Lord knows you and knows the decisions you make, he allows you to do these things. The Bible tells us that there are situations and times and seasons in our lives where the Lord will allow us to make those terrible decisions. In fact, the Bible says sometimes the Lord will pull himself away from you. So I don't know if that's you. I know I'm speaking to somebody today. It feels like God has removed himself from us. He seems so distant. He seems so far away from us. And you know, and you know, it's like you you might have been searching him out, but he just seems so far. Or it might simply be the case that, hey, you made a, a catastrophically bad decision, and it seems like you just can't back to you just can't seem to know him anymore. You can't imagine a day where God can forgive you. And that's what this message is about, to let you know God knows you. God loves you. There is no unforgivable situation where he can't come back and restore you. All he's looking for is for us to say, God, I'm so sorry. And I want you to make sure that you go back, listen to the message from last week, because i want to continue now to our second point. So uh, point number two, if you're taking notes, multiplying in adversity. Point number two, the blessing of God brought about fear on the enemy. So I want you to understand this. When we are serving God well... When we are righteous in his sight, when I mean righteous, look, you're going to stuff up, you are going to sin, but we're talking about those ones where you did not intend to do it. You have been thinking about it and thinking about it, thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this now. I'm purposely going to sin. I mean, come on, guys, we make some drastically stupid mistakes. The words that come out of our mouth that before we thought about it, it the horse had bolted and you can't take it back. And, and, you know, things like that. You made a decision on the fly, it was a bad decision. You realize it was sinful. It was prideful. Whatever it is, if you are genuinely repentant, that means I'm changing the way I'm thinking. I recognize that what I did is wrong I'm on a walk in the way that God wants me to walk. Hey, the Bible says he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. Only he is capable of doing that. And I find that just so exciting, so invigorating as a sinner saved by grace, because I know there's going to be something radically stupid that I'll do in the future. Yep, pastors included. Everyone does that. But what God is looking for is, what will you do now that you're caught out? And so Jesus reminds us when we pray, pray like this. And at the end of the message, forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. And this is that whole message. That's why it's all good news. God is a God of second chances. So as you live righteously before the Lord, understand this. The Bible tells us that you will prosper. The Bible tells us that you are blessed. Why? Because God wants to make an example out of you. So if you are branded with the name of God over your life, you will be blessed. And what's going to happen is when you're blessed in the workplace, when you're blessed in business, what happens is haters rise up. These are people who are envious of you. They want what you have. Can I encourage you just for a moment that that's probably a good thing? But this blessing brings fear on the enemy. I want to tell you, sometimes the enemy is people. Sometimes it's Satan. That's a Hebrew word, Satan. Hebrew word meaning adversary. So the more successful you are, the more prosperous you are, the more that you are serving in ministry, and some of you, you know this principle, you are older in the faith, and you've been serving God, and you know, it seems like the more I serve God, it's like the more hell comes upon my life, so I guess I better not do anything. No, no. You must serve the Lord. Keep pressing in. There's a saying that goes that, you know, the higher the level, the higher the devil. You know the statement. But think about this. On a mountain, on a high mountain, the higher you climb, there comes a point in time where you reach the snake line, where snakes can't go any further than that. They can't go any higher. So I want to encourage you, keep going higher. Keep serving God. And that trouble that comes upon your life, it has to be there to cause you to grow. If there's no trouble, if there's no hardship, you can't grow. But you just need to understand this that the blessing of God will bring about fear on the enemy. The blessing of God is going to bring envy on the enemy, which causes the fear. Because they want what you have. Exodus chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. The Pharaoh said this, look, the Israelites have become too numerous for us. There's going to come a point in time, I believe this is a prophetic word, when you'll be too numerous. Will you become too too prosperous that a hater has to rise up against you, and perhaps some of you are going through that right now, and instantly you know there's a word of God right now, a check in your spirit. Oh, my goodness, that's me! Be encouraged. This is just the way it works out because God is bringing you to a new level. He must cause this problem to come upon your life. So, did you hear what I just said? When the trouble comes upon you because you've been too blessed, because you become too numerous, trouble comes because God wants to take you even more blessed to the next level. I mean, come on. That is a shout out. If you agree with that, just chat on there, put on there, amen. I agree too blessed. I love how my, pa- my pastor friend, Pastor Newton, says, too blessed to be stressed. Those of you that know Pastor Newton know what I'm talking about. You are too blessed to be stressed. Take it. Take it on the chin and say, come on, devil. Is that all you got? God, bless me. Take every curse and turn it into a blessing into my life. The NIV says it this way. It renders verses uh, 9 to 10 this way. We must find a way to put an end to this. The time when the devil comes to attack you, will come at a time and a season when you are successful, succeeding in ministry, succeeding in life. I want to challenge you with this thought. If you do not have trouble coming upon your life, maybe it's because you are not progressing in your walk with Jesus. I know. For some of you, it's a slap in the face. How dare you, pastor? Let me tell you, if I'm not challenging you, I'm not doing my job. My dad used to say that, and my mom had to tell me this because I would observe and see this, but my mom would tell me, this is what dad would always say, that if things were going well in his ministry, so those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, I'm a third-generation pastor. My dad before me was a bishop. That was his title, national overseer in Indonesia. So the many churches, I was told around 700 churches over there at that time, and he was leading. And so big portfolio, big job. And he used to say this, that if there was no trouble on his ministry and on his life, he would begin to repent before God and say, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) When things are going well, he would repent and ask God, forgive me. What am I doing wrong? can I challenge you? If things are going really well in your life, maybe it's time to repent. I know this sounds like a ridiculously radical kind of message. You know, when you're blessed, everything's going to be okay. Now I got to tell you, with all the blessing comes also the haters with the blessing. So get ready to be blessed. Get ready to grow, but also get ready for the haters to rise up against you because you can't be blessed and not cop the heat for it, okay? But the heat means that God's going to take you to the next level. Praise God. Can I hear a shout Out for the Lord this morning. His point number three: to multiply in adversity. Number three, the third lesson we learned from these passages: when you are in the will of God, He causes you to flourish wherever you are. I love this because it means that. Hey, think about this for a moment. I I I remember this uh, was. Preach one time in my life where this pastor was saying, you know, there's a perfect will of God. Think about a graph and the perfect will of God, it goes up. Maybe I should do it backwards. Here we go, like that. And on on this graph, the chart, it should go up like this on a 45 degree angle. That's the will of God for your life. But when you make stupid decisions, you know, it, it varies from that one. And then you go back to the Lord, and you repent, it goes back up again. And then it goes down again. And I used to subscribe to that thought, but then it would exclude the idea that God is all-knowing and he knew that you were going to stuff up. I'm looking at the camera. Yeah. He knew that you're going to stuff up. He knew that I was going to stuff up. So that's already taken into account. Which means it can only be a perfect will of God over your life. There's not just a permissible will of God because you didn't do what he said. Because God already factored that in. So there can only be the good and perfect will of the Father. Man, I love that. So this is what it means. That when you make a monumentally stupid decision, you're still going to be blessed. Wow. I mean, that really encourages me because I make some monumentally dumb decisions. And so if that's you, I want to encourage you right now. Just receive this and thank you, God, because no matter what I do, I'm going to land on my feet. But what happens is there's a temptation for us to begin to question our circumstance, Maybe you're questioning God's will of your life. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I can't be in the will of God because of the trouble in my life. I want, to, I want to encourage you with this thought. Because of the trouble in your life, perhaps you are exactly where God wants you to be. But don't just leave it there. Here's, here's the, the thing that goes with it. Don't just say, okay, so now that I recognize it, thank you, Jesus, praise God. No, don't, just, don't, don't end it there. You've got to do something with it. You've got to face your challenges and try and find ways around it. You are seeking God's wisdom over these things. Your word is a light unto my path, the Bible says. So get into the word of God. Get into prayer and begin tackling those problems that rush head on into your face and try and avoid these things by the word of God. And this is the thing. You cannot have a testimony without a test. You can't have a victory unless trouble comes over your life. So this is a great thing that you've got problems because God will bring about the most dramatic miracle over your life. Here's the thought. You're going to get from one trouble into victory, and then it will be a victory for some time. Praise the Lord, no trouble, a little bit of rest, but then comes the next one because God wants to continue to bless you. The people of Israel thought God had forgotten them and left them deserted to rot in Egypt. If they'd only understood scripture, they would have known that God had spoken to Abraham, their ancestor, and predicted this in back in Genesis chapter 15. And then the Lord said to him, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved, and they will be mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. So the problem with the people of that time is that they had forgotten the word of God, because the word of God would have guided them, and they would not have grown so despondent. I want to encourage you in your faith to get back into the word of God. Because he has a word in season for you. And what will happen is the more of that word of God that gets into your spirit, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. So if you are tucking away that word of God into your life, it will begin to govern your actions. And then all of a sudden you begin to remember the Holy Spirit will cause you to reflect on scripture, to direct you on your next step, what you need to take. And that's why that word of God will begin to bring context to the trouble or the challenges that will come into your life. God had already unveiled his plan for his people, yet they did not know the word of God and consequently did not understand God's destiny for them. They were just ready to accept this is going to be my lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's my life. Here's point number four. In times of opposition, cry out to God. God hears you when you cry out to him, even though God had already determined and he had planned it long ago. He has your solution worked out for you before you even begin to get on your knees and pray. This is the way that God works. We we try and think of God like a man, you know. Oh God, don't you know the trouble in my life? God, don't you care? We try and, and move him with emotion, but he already loves you. You don't have to convince him. Oh God, if you really cared for me, if you really cared for my friend, you'd do something. He, he loves them more than you love them. He loves you more than you love yourself. And the Bible says he's all-knowing and he knows the end from the beginning. So he is already millions of steps ahead of you before you even opened your mouth. God had already rushed in, releasing angels and releasing uh, people on assignment to make that prayer answer, to, to make that prayer become answered. Already, Think about this. Before you uttered the words, God had already set a chain of events that would cause an answer to your prayer. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 to 25 tells us how God had determined this. Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites still groaned beneath their burden of slavery. This is Exodus chapter 2, reading from verse 23. They cried out for help. And their pleas of deliverance rose up to God. Listen to those words. Their pleas for deliverance rose up to God. Focus on the next verse. Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. God heard their cries. God heard their cries and remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob some of you are feeling it's like, God doesn't seem to hear me. I've tried that. I've tried to pray. Some of you have only prayed once and, and, you know, and you gave up praying because I guess God doesn't want to answer the prayer. No, you got to keep praying. You got to keep knocking on that door. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep asking. The Bible tells us, we had this in a message recently, those who seek, those who knock, those who ask are going to receive. And so you got to keep knocking at that door. You got to keep begging. The Lord, do what you have to do, bug him, nag him until he gives you that thing. Jesus invites us to knock on that door. Verse 25 says, He looked down on the Israelites and felt their deep concern for their welfare. If you think he's an unfeeling God, you've got this wrong God concept. That's not the true God. The Bible says, He felt. These are quote-unquote from the New Living Translation version, sorry, New Living Translation. He looked out and he felt deep concern. Not just he felt concern, he felt deep concern. So if you're wondering if God cares about you, it seems like God doesn't care. He's left you to suffer on my own. No, the Bible says he feels deep concern for you. He is not an unfeeling, uncaring God. So the cries rose up to God. I want you to understand that in times of hardship, gather right response. Not to just grin and bear it, but to understand to go to prayer. Sometimes we kid ourselves as Christians and we talk ourselves into the need to be robots with our plastic faces pretending everything's okay. No, everything's not okay. All right? It's it's okay to be real as Christians. Okay? But just talk to another Christian. Let them know what's going on. Get a brother or sister praying for you. Don't mope about it all by yourself. I'm plastering it all over Facebook. Get your real friends, your real friends together and say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm going through a hard season right now. Can you commit to pray for me every day? Can you even fast and pray for me? I seem to not get this break. I can't seem to get this breakthrough. I need you. I need you, friend. Be in my life. Can I encourage you that we will do that for you as a church? We will do that for you as leaders. So contact us. Let us know. So if you got a prayer request, by the way, you can just email us. Pray, I know, Pray at LiveCityChurch.com and we're going to pray for you. So God does not design us to be robots. If he wanted to do that, he would have done that. He created you with feelings and emotions and free choice. And so when you're angry, when you're frustrated, understand Jesus was angry. Jesus felt frustration. Jesus felt temptations. There's nothing that you feel that Jesus had not felt first and there's nothing that you can feel that God doesn't understand. You're feeling and know it and feel for you. In Psalm 34, verses 17 to 18, Psalm 34, verse 17 to 18, it says this, the righteous cry out. Man, if you're righteous, cry out. So if you're not crying out, What does it say about you? Think about this for a moment. The righteous cry out, not the pagans, not the unbelievers. It's the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. Ben, can you put that up for us? Psalm 34, verse 17 to 18. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. I love that word, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Not some. He delivers them from all their troubles. There's a time and a season where I understand that you've just got to, in in your heart, set your face like flint and say, I'm going to push through no matter what. But hey, It's going to take a toll on you, and God already knows that. So make sure while you're doing that in the daytime, in the nighttime, just cry. It's okay. Lean on someone's shoulder and pray, crying out to God. Praise the Lord. I want to finish with my fifth and final point. When opposition increases, God's blessing increases. Write that one down. When opposition increases in your life, God's blessing will also increase exponentially in your life. In Exodus chapter 1 verse 12, it says, The more the Egyptians oppress them, the more quickly the Israelites multiplied." So the plan of God is this. Have a right relationship with him. Make sure day by day, ask him to forgive your sins, do your very best to walk righteously, because the Bible says, with the righteous, with the people who are called by his name, the more you are oppressed, the more you will be blessed. The more that you are oppressed, the more you're going to be multiplied. So this is the thing. We should have this... uh, this this bravery, this encouragement to know that no matter what, bring it on. I mean, that should be hashtag as Christians, bring it on. Because you know that God will take you through this and God will bless you even more. Wow. When we are positioned within God's will, no matter where you are, God will cause you to multiply so that he will receive the glory. This is what it's all about. God loves you, he cares for you, he wants to bless you because of his love for you, but here's the thing, he wants to bless you because he wants people to know who you are and your relationship with him. If you're looking for that verse again, hey, uh, uh, let me get to this one here, I've got a new one for you. Luke chapter 18, verses 7 to 8. Luke chapter 18, verse 7 to 8, have a look at this. When opposition increases, blessing increases, here's what I got it from. Luke chapter 18, verse 7 to 8, says this. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? So some of you, you've, been cry- you've cried out to him once pitiful cry. (laughs) You don't care about me. No, God's saying cry to him day and night with intentionality and purpose, knowing that God is not against you. The Bible said that he has deep concern for you so you're not trying to convince him. He already loves you. He's deeply concerned for you. I know I'm preaching to someone here today. You need to hear this word. It's quickening your spirit. Cry out to him day and night, not to try to convince him, not to think to yourself, if I say this enough, I'll convince myself that he's actually a good God. He actually cares. No, no. He's already a good God. He already cares, but we've been invited to keep knocking and knocking and knocking. Open the door, God. Open the door, God. Ask Him, the Bible says, and you will see. But look at this. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Now, just a moment here. The word justice comes from that word judge and jury. It's a a legal term that we would use. And the word justice is that fairness in the eyes of the law that you are Jew. Okay, if someone steals from you, in fairness of the word, you need compensation. So I want to tell you that. When an enemy comes against you, we know him as Satan, right? The devil. When he comes against you to rob, kill, steal, destroy, you need to understand that under the eyes of God, the word of God is the law. And he will see that you get justice. So understand this as I read this. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? That's a question. Here's how he answers it. I tell you. He will see that they get justice and quickly. So I'm not making this up. This is what the word says. Sometimes that season in your life is going to be long. I understand that. Sometimes it's a marathon. Sometimes it's a sprint. But the same passage remains. Cry out to him day and night. Day and night. No matter the situation, I'm going to bring this to a close this morning. No matter the situation, no matter how difficult it may seem that you find yourself in, I want you to know God is keeping an eye on you. He purposely allowed you to be in your challenging situation. Yes, sometimes the choices we make are unsavory results. But like I said, even God factored that in so that his glory can be revealed through you. Can you grab that for a minute and understand this? God wants to reveal His glory through you. Your difficult circumstances, your challenging situation, is a tool that God will use. To bring his glory through you. He wants you to receive glory through this. You're going to stand up on the other side of the timeline and say, man, that was tough. But wow, look at what God has done. Some of you who've been old enough, and you apply these principles, you can probably talk to the younger ones and tell them he's not lying; he's telling the truth. God will bring you through this. I know there's been times and situations in my life where I've been where I've been crying out to God, and I'm saying, God, I know that on the other side of the timeline, we'll be celebrating; we're going to be just rejoicing. But Lord, on this side of the timeline, it's killing me. God, it's killing me. Throw me a rope. Throw me a life. Offline. Give me some hope. And sometimes it's a word in season. Sometimes it's that friend that visits you out of nowhere, that unexpected message, that unexpected envelope, that unexpected parcel. God will find a way through this to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. God is keeping an eye on you. God's intent and purpose is to cause you to grow through this circumstance and to be, to be glorified in you and through you. I want you to write this down on your smartphone and your notes somewhere. Every hardship is an opportunity for God. Start with that one. That's an awesome one. Every hardship is an opportunity for God to reveal his glory through your life. This is the most amazing thing. I need you to understand that. When you get blessed And God takes you through the other side of the situation. You're like, oh, thank God. That's amazing. God allowed you to go through that so that you have a testimony to share with people. Your hardship is something to be joyful about, to understand. You won't be in it forever. God's got this. Every hardship is an opportunity for God. Today, you might be facing some tough battles in your life. Today, it may seem like insurmountable odds. You may feel that you are choking in despair that all your prayers seem to go unanswered. God wants you to respond to him today cry out to him, call upon him, because your deliverance is coming. There's a solution coming just around the corner. This morning, I want to pray for you. That's you saying, yeah, pastor, man, you, you've been talking to me. It's like you had my number. It's like you were flying the wall. You know exactly that word for me. Can you please email me? Let me know that I'm praying for you. Just Say yes. Write to yes at LiveCityChurch.com. I want to pray for you right now, but I want to know who I'm praying for. And some of you, you don't want to put this publicly on the chat. That's okay. Email me privately so we can pray together. I want to pray for you. And let's say this prayer right now. If you can bow your heads with me, close your eyes right where you are, in your living room or in your car, wherever you're viewing this or listening to this, come and join me in this prayer. And if this is you and I'm praying for you, receive this now. Father, in the name of Jesus. I speak to sons and daughters of the living God. I declare that they are not alone. They are not alone. The Bible says God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. That means you are always, always present when we're in trouble. And so, Father, right now, I ask for your hand to be upon them. I ask, Lord, right now, sometimes it won't be an immediate solution and breakthrough because they must go through the situation to become strengthened. They must go through the situation in order for them to graduate to the next level. So, Lord, I'm not necessarily asking for deliverance from it right now. Lord, it's in your timing, but for some, it's time. I'm speaking to them right now in the name of Jesus. I command and release breakthrough now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. For the others, Lord God, who are just persevering and persevering and persevering, I pray, Lord God, that they're reminded today that you love them, that you are deeply concerned for them, and that you already have a plan worked out. Father, I pray that you'd fill their lives right now with hope. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, even across this week, messages of encouragement will come. That Lord God, that friend that sticks closer than a brother will come around them and wrap them in, in your arms, Father God. And I pray that a friend will come on this planet right now, the hands of the feet of Jesus, to just hug them and love on them right now. Father, we extend our love to them in, in this moment in Jesus' name. So Father, deliver them from every problem. Deliver them out of the follow-snare that you would receive glory, Father God. God. And that your sons and daughters would fall more in love with you as they realize you are going to work in them now, and you're going to work all the way through to your glory. And right now, Father God, I speak to every person right now who has been listening to this message. Father, touch their hearts. I come against the prince of this age that would blind the minds of unbelievers from understanding the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. Right now, I want to talk to you. It, this might be the first time that you have understood the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've never been to church. This is, in fact, the only closest thing you get to church right now is watching this live broadcast. I want to say, well done. Good on you. God bless you. And for some of you, you've been going to church for some time, but you've found that your heart has drifted away from God. And the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you today. You just feel something's different. There's butterflies in your stomach. You just feel goosebumps. God is speaking to you right now. And I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you right now to take the next step. The Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention. But he's such a gentleman, he won't keep bothering you. But if you want to respond to the voice of God right now, who's talking, using me right now, but you know who you are. Holy Spirit's got your number right now. And you're saying, I want to take the next step. I want you to say this prayer with me. Repeat it right now. You can say it. I want to encourage you to say it out loud. Perhaps you're in a crowd and you don't want to embarrass yourself. It's okay. In your spirit right now, but do this later on by yourself. But would you repeat this prayer with me? I want to lead you in a prayer that will restore your relationship with God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so completely. And I'm sorry that I could not live up to your standards. You call that sin. But you love me so much that you took the punishment for my sin. And it ended up with death. I didn't have to die You died for me, Lord, so that I could live. So I want to take advantage of this, Lord, right now. Jesus, forgive me my sins. Wash them away as far as the east is from the west. And give me a new heart. Forgive me, Lord, and fill me with your spirit. You died for me, and from today, I will live for you. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer today, can I encourage you please let me know. If you can email me, yes, at livecitychurch.com. I want to I want to hear from you. I just want to talk to you. I want to know that these messages are reaching hearts and touching your and touching lives so please let me know i want to be able to walk you through your next step in this journey this is just the start but there's so much more to your journey with jesus we've recently started a new christians foundations class so you can find out all about your faith some of you have been christians a long time but you've never actually attended a foundations class you've assumed you've just known stuff but you know, deep down inside, there's a lot you really don't know. Can I also encourage you? Email me, yes, at livecitychurch.com. Because I'd love to connect with you and talk to you about this new foundations class. I'm going to help you to grow and flourish in Jesus. As we close today, don't forget to take pictures of your kids with mom and to also dads to interview your children and say, what do you love most about mom? And I want you to share the link with us and email it to info at livecitychurch.com. We're going to put together a montage, and we're going to show it on Sunday. So can I please ask that you send it to us no later than Friday evening send the link to us no later than Friday evening so that our tech team have time to be able to put together this montage, which we're going to be able to show you and air next week. So again, if you're sharing it with us, you're telling us, hey, it's okay to share the pictures. Okay, that's the permission you're giving us. So we would love to be able to celebrate Mother's Day with you. So dads and kids, get those Mother's Day presents ready to go. You might need to make something at home, get ready to cut some flowers from the yard. God bless you. Thank you for joining with us. Please tell people about our broadcast. Uh, Point them to our YouTube channel and to our iTunes and SoundCloud. All the details are on our website and it will be on our Facebook page. God bless you. Have a fantastic week.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to LifeCityChurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.